Do you have your wine? Do you have your friends? Because you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with Dolly Chula. She is uh, tremendously talented at seeing the things that limit us, and she has created strategies. That's why I love her, because you know I'm all about strategies for overcoming those things that limit us from being who we're created to be. So I hope you enjoy hearing a little bit of her story because you'll see yourself in it at one point or another and hopefully you'll be inspired. Sit down and grab your glass of wine. Let's have fun. Thanks for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I can't tell you how exciting it is. Um, Although, you know, okay, I'm going to back up and say, I hate it when people overuse the word exciting. Do you ever get that feeling? They're like, good grief. Come on. Come up with a new word already. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, that's interesting you say that because the new word that I've used definition to both is enthusiastic. Wow. Yeah, because that enthusiastic means that it's coming from within. So you are creating the enthusiasm rather than. Um, being excited where it's going to be the outside, controlling how you feel on the inside, if that makes any so sense. So enthusiastic is seated on the inside. Yes, you got it. Yes, yes. So that's, I, the, that's how we should use that. <laughs> it would change the word to enthusiastic. Yeah, I really love that. Well, I've been um, really intentional about my words. Um, after reading books, a lot of the same books that you and I talk about, um, I just read one called The Conscious Language, and it's about word choice and the power behind words. So, um, boy, I'm getting into the weeds before I even introduce who Dolly is. So um, I just the reason I'm so happy to be able to record this conversation is because when you and I talk, the electricity is evident in the room. There's there's so much um, synergy in our thinking that. Um, I'm excited to bring people, I'm enthusiastic to bring people into the conversation. <laughs> so um, for the sake of those who haven't met Dolly yet, would you just kind of give us a little background on your uh, work life and what got you into the role that you're in now? Wow. Okay. So Donna, as you know, the story is quite long, but I'll try to sum it up as quickly as I can. Yeah. The um, Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So well, currently, um, I do have my own company called Blue Limits, and I'm partnered or powered through the Proctor Gallagher Institute. And so some of some people may recognize the name Proctor from Bob Proctor, um, and then he is very well known for the runaway hit movie, The Secret. And really, I don't know, just if I could give you a quick background on who I'm in business with and who I'm being mentored through, is the lineage. Um, he really is uh, the leader in human potential and success in mind. Um, And uh, the lineage comes from Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie, Earl Nightingale, Bob Proctor, and then all of us, because his goal actually was to, Bob's big goal is to change the world. And being that he's been teaching the material for almost 60 years um, and being almost 86 years old, um, he realizes that he may not be here to see that. So he is, uh, we yeah. would, you could say we are his legacy, but we're all students. And it's something that he even says too. He is a student of the material and he's barely scratched the surface. So I give you a background because of um, how I got into all of it. 
And I started in March of 2017. And I came from a place where I did not learn personal development. Actually, I was raised to believe it was all a bunch of BS. And that it yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I also found it to be kind of strange. Uh, I, the only exposure I had to Tony Robbins, who's a big one, um, was from Shallow Hal. And I remember seeing this big, what I thought was kind of a goofy, I was very judgmental and cynical at the time. And I thought, people actually follow this guy. Like, what a bunch of weirdos. Um, so just to kind of show you where <laughs> I was and how much I've... Um, have much have changed and, and just how different my life is today compared to where it was before. So I came across Bob Proctor two years ago when I was at a really low place in my life. I was um, ready to check out actually, but from the outside looking in, it looked as if I had my stuff together. Two young kids. Um, I was in a marriage, but not in a very good one uh, for about 15 years and um, drinking too much, smoking and addicted to cigarettes, taking antidepressants and nothing happens by accident. And here comes a video of Bob Proctor. I clicked on it, never had seen the secret, didn't even know who this man was. And that's really when my life took off. And it's only been two years in and I've literally, I don't recognize who I was before. And I'm just so excited about who I am today. And all I want to do is share it with others. So that was the quick right. um, version. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a, that's a, that's a good compressed version. And um, I love that you were at a point where you needed to make a change in your life and you weren't sure what that right. change needed to be, but it just made itself evident to you. Yes. It... Much bigger forces at work. Absolutely. And it world. really, um, you know, it's the power of the, like, we just, you, we, you and I just talked about a little bit ago before that in that, you know, ask and you shall receive. And I didn't understand that before. Yeah. And now I've really got a true understanding of what that means and how beautiful life really is and yeah right it is interesting that um the, a lot of us don't receive until we ask I had to really search for the right way to put that I, I think that applies to me I think it applies to a lot of people I've talked to in my coaching practice and in life that we we think that somehow we're not entitled for the good things because for whatever reason we think we're not worthy or credible or mm -hmm. deserving and that kind of went through your mind a little bit too, oh my goodness it? absolutely um and it's a working progress for me um i think that was one of the most valuable lessons i've learned in this transformational journey is that you know when you're asking we're not asking in the in the way of begging if that makes sense so it's really you 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 ask and it's already here. It's really about being aware of how to walk into it. Um, and so yeah. again, it's every day for me, I'm always, every day I'm looking to become a better version of myself. And the, you know, I tell people, you know, I'm authentic and I try, but I, but I'm working on that every day um, because of the limiting beliefs that we have and what stops us is our self image. And we're never going to outperform what we truly believe about ourselves. So we, yeah, so it's that alignment um, of matching what it is that you want, the law of attraction. Um, and that's another thing too, that my mentor and teacher talk about when he talks about the movie, The Secret, is that, you know, the law of attraction didn't work for a lot of people because they didn't understand the primary law, which was the law of vibration. You have to be a vibrational match. And in order to be the vibrational match, your self-image has to match and you have to feel 
You can't just say I'm worthy. You have to believe it. Right. Because we can all show up a certain way um, for and, and somewhat fake it right. for a period of time. Vibration can't yes. fake vibration. I love the way you said that. And that's very true. Yep. Now, have you ever experienced uh, a good vibrational day and then a low vibrational day? Uh, that's, a, that's an awesome question because, uh, yes, absolutely. So the way we're taught and the way we learn is through um, one of them is the natural laws of the universe. And that cannot, whether you believe it or not, it's always working. So when you ask about the high and the low, that would be the law of polarity. And that also kind of circles back to the excitement piece. If you're really excited about something, um, the pendulum's going to swing the other way. So, um, you know, that's why you have the highs and the lows. And when you... Oh, so that's the difference between excitement and Right. Excitement is the outside forces that are controlling how you feel. And then enthusiasm comes from within. And I know through your podcast, it's hard for me to kind of show you. I'm a very visual learner. Um, but the pendulum is swinging, you know, um, back and forth. And so if you're too much on a high, it's going to swing back into the too much of the low. That's why I would really like to stress to others, if things seem like it's just so bad right now, know and be aware that it's about to get really good. And if you can focus on um, an understanding that it is going to be that way, you can really change your perception of how what you perceive to be bad. And look at it as more of a learning um, lesson, because that's really what it is. Life really is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And um, so you go, I, I'm sorry, I kind of went off the path to your initial question of do I go through the highs and lows? Um, yes, but not as much as I used to. And I don't and I don't dip. Um, I, I came from being very depressed all the time. And I've learned that depression is just anger turned inward. Um, you know, if I can also stress too that people tend to forget that, um, or, you know, that we don't think about, we don't die and become spirit. We are spirit having a human experience today. And so when we hold back the very thing that we want to do and spirit is for fuller expression and expansion, we're holding down uh, the very thing that wants to be expressed. So that goes inward and that's when the depression starts and then there's disintegration disease. And um, so when, through the levels of understanding how this works in our mind and in the, again, the natural laws of the universe, it's much uh, easier for me not to stay in a low for very long. I mean, it, it's, I would say the most I've ever stayed is, I don't know, I, uh, not very long at all, maybe 15 minutes at most, uh, just because I, I'm on, I, because of the awareness. Of I'm taking a quick commercial break to just ask if you find yourself in this story at all. Do you find yourself tired and worn out and wondering what the heck am I going to do to get my life back on the track I want it to be on? How are you going to harmonize work and life to work together for you? And I have some hope. Um, there's this great thing called a life strategy retreat. We've done one and we have another one planned in November. And it's an experience for 12 women 
to get together and leave life behind, to slow down, restore your purpose, connect with other extraordinary women, and match that quantum effort with a plan to be who you were made to be. So if you find any solace in this, go to 360lifestrategies.com forward slash retreats. It's the third page in. Take a look and see if you see yourself there. Now, back to Dolly. That even what I would, what others would perceive to be bad is actually not bad. It's just a lesson and it's for me to grow from it. That's the first thing I do. I'll I'll consciously stop and look at it, um, observe it rather than to react. I'll respond. And then I then put myself in a place of gratitude. I instantly Mm -hmm. do that. And I know that a lot of people talk about the importance of being in that state of mind, but it really is. There's a science to that as well. They can measure it. Um, I just got back from a weekend trip uh, in Boulder, Colorado to meet and also to learn from Greg Braden, who is a scientist. And, you know, just going in that place of gratitude can really shift a lot of things inside. Um, And just, and anything, being grateful for being able to walk, being able to talk, being able to hear everything and anything. And instantly you're going to shift the vibration and, um, you know, be on another frequency. (laughs) Right. Isn't it amazing how neuroscience is actually cataloging that what many of us have believed for years to be true actually shows up on, on scans, (laughs) brain scans. That's the fun thing for me. I told somebody last night that I have long been a student of understanding how to optimize my thinking and to, to change my mindset, um, to, jumpstart myself out of depression. And yet it was hard for me to grasp any teaching that wasn't founded in data or research or science. And the interesting thing is neuroscience research is, is now documenting all these things that we wanted to believe to be true that are actually true. (laughs) You you worded that perfectly. Yes. And it's, uh, I, I took clients with me over the weekend and they said, this is mind blowing. Why don't other people understand this? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why isn't this in the mainstream media? This is insane. How many people are on, um, you know, that are so depressed and upset and that don't need to be. And it's such easy things to do, mm-hmm. um, that we can get ourselves out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I think it requires a certain, uh, mindset and, and open-mindedness, uh, curiosity about other things. I think a lot of people have to get to a point where they've tried everything and realized that nothing's working. So I'm actually going to be open to those things that I used to think are weird. Yeah. Um, One day they'll be mainstream. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It reminds me of that movie um, with Sandra Bullock in Sylvester Stallone where he was frozen in time and comes back 50 years later and the whole world has changed. Yeah. And everybody only thinks happy thoughts. And and every time he says a four letter word, he gets a a citation. And at some point the the machine actually breaks (laughs) because he's trying to adapt to this new world where everybody is positive and, no one hates and no one kills. They can't even conceive of death because outside of a normal death, they don't understand what it even looks like. It's just pretty funny, but it, it reminds you 
wow, how lives are right now. How much death we're surrounded by. Boy, this is going into a dark place. So I, <laughs> I, I love um, that you found gratitude to just shift you right back out of that place. Um, I heard somebody else say that anxiety cannot exist in the presence of gratitude. Right. It's almost like an inoculation. And mm-hmm. he, I've talked to two different people over the past two days who've had a hard time sleeping. And I've been able to share with them when I can't sleep at night and what I call the monkeys are going crazy in my head. Mm-hmm. I just start listing uh, out loud in my mind things that I'm grateful for. And it helps to lull me to sleep. Yeah. And, and yep. And there's so much power in that. And I, and kind of uh, piggybacking off what you said for anxiety, anxiety is actually the, the vibration that we're in. It's what the body expresses, but it actually starts from, um, you know, I, I was, this might be like, um, might be starting with quite a bit of advanced, uh, but I'm think I'm assuming uh, that your listeners would probably get this and that we work two to 5% of our conscious mind, 95% of our mind is subconscious. Yeah. And so in our conscious mind, when we're worried about certain things or when we're doubting certain things that we've done, we impress that into the subconscious mind, which translates into fear. And so now we're fearful of certain things and it could be anything fearful of poverty, money, fearful of whether, can I pay my mortgage? Can I do this? Can I do that? It could be a health reason. And the only way for the mind to express that through the, it's through the body and that's what puts us into anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, this is just through, uh, if I could show you in a picture, it me being a visual learner, it might be, um, easier to see, but it's these steps of understanding that, um, you can actually flip that script going into the, the faith piece of it. So instead of being in fear, you can go based on faith, but not blindly because blind faith will just knock you down. You know, you're going through certain situations and you've tried all these different things and it's not quite working out for you. So you go, you know what? It's not working for me. There's gratitude. It's, it's a bunch of junk. I've tried it a bunch of times. It's not working. Well, um, the faith piece of it is that you want to have the understanding of why it works. And it's again, from the conscious way of thinking, you consciously think in the way of gratitude, you impress that into the subconscious mind, and then your body goes into a well-being. So now there is no anxiety because it all works perfectly in alignment. And I hope I did okay explaining that. Well, I think, I think you did a great job explaining that, but I do want to ask to see if I got the right understanding about the difference between faith and blind faith. Because we know that faith is the existence of things not seen. <laughs> right. So how, what's the difference? Yeah, no, and that's a great question. So it actually, I mean, to identify it from the beginning, faith and fear actually both demand that you believe in something you can't see. Yeah. So when people have just faith um, and, uh, and, you know, depending on how strong your faith is, again, faith is going to be all the way down to the core level of your belief in it. So even though you might be saying out loud consciously, well, I believe and I have faith. If you don't truly believe that into what we would call the subconscious mind, um, and this is actually what we call a paradigm. If you don't truly believe that in the subconscious mind, then Anytime something goes wrong, um, again, right, let's say you decided to do gratitude every day for 30 days to see, let's see if this works. Let's see if this could actually get me out of an anxiety state of mind or in this low vibrating, you know, this up and the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you go through it, 
because the subconscious mind has not, um, I just, for the sake of words, we'll say been reprogrammed because of habitual behaviors that we have had. We've been in anxiety for so long um, that it's been literally programmed to the, the subconscious. Some may even call it PTSD. Yeah. Right. So having faith based on knowledge um, and having uh, understanding of faith is that through study, like really studying you, knowing and understanding who you are, how the mind works, and then you're not having blind faith. You're having faith based on understanding. So um, again, this might be a little bit scattered and I'm so sorry, Donna. It's um, the constant spaced repetition of doing gratitude. So by doing it every single day, what you're doing is, is you're changing the subconscious mind and going back to that faith based on understanding. It's that if you study why that is to be true, you're going to know um, this is actually working. It's just, it's going to take me a little bit of time for it to work. Right. So um, the practice of gratitude, do you believe that it needs to be spoken out loud or that it can be just written in your journal? How, how do you practice gratitude on a regular basis? Yes. Um, actually, that's a fabulous question. So for gratitude, the way that I study it is, and the way that I um, implement it is I wake up every morning and I go instantly into a place of gratitude. I don't let any other thoughts enter my mind. Um, so right away, I'll thank God for everything that I can see. Yes. And then as I go throughout my morning until I can get to my office desk, because that is the first thing that I do, I'll write down. I actually write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And mm -hmm. then in that vibration, I write out three people or things that are bothering me. So in that vibration of gratitude and that love and compassion, I write down, I'd say the names of people that might be bothering me and I send them love. All I do is send them love from that place of gratitude. And then once I complete that, I'll go um, into prayer or meditation and pray to God and ask for guidance for the day. Great. And that. And that's something I do every single day. It does not take very long at all. Um, and it's a great way to start the day. And then, because for me, I woke up in anxiety every day of my life. I had. Yeah, that was called... me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you start with gratitude first. And then when thoughts of people who are bothering you or concerning you or disappointing you come into your mind, you immediately just send them love as if you could send an air kiss to them. <laughs> And, yes. <laughs> and you're great. You, you list what you're grateful for about them. Yes. Okay. And, and then what was the third step again? Um, and then I go to, into prayer and ask God for guidance for the day. Okay. That's great. Um, yeah, and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be looking for the anxiety that you've had for all these years. I wait. I remember the first morning I woke up and I thought, why well, I don't have any anxiety today. And I know that sounds really strange if somebody has never practiced this before, but it's one of those things I want to ask your audience to challenge themselves with is just try it for 30 days. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, it's five minutes of your day. Right. Yeah. What, what could be the, the harm in that? Well, yes. it's interesting because when I, um, I've had several conversations over the years with people saying, I don't know why I wake up with this overwhelming sense of shame. It chokes me, it blankets my chest. And um, 
it's it's really more prevalent than I think most of us talk about on a daily basis. And, um, you know, you can break it maybe once or twice, but this is a repeatable strategy that will keep it broken. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I love. Um, I'm all about strategies. That's life-changing. Yes, just, it really is. Just to be able to get out of bed without carrying shame around with you all day. Cause th- it causes you to doubt yourself. It, yeah. it makes it hard to um, even communicate, you know, especially if you're, if you own your own business or if you are in a sales position or in any kind of influence position, your vibration is immediately like um, squashed, suppressed. Right. When you, when you start to operate in that, in that shame vibration. Right. And while you're in that vibration, you can't see all the opportunities and all the things that you've asked, you know, um, our mind is very powerful in that, you know, again, when you're asking, it's already here. It's just about um, matching that vibration and walking into it. So some people may have heard, you know, you're asking at 98.9, but the answer is at 99.9. And when you're in a low vibration, you've missed it because you're not seeing it. You're seeing only the bad and you're not seeing any of the good. I love that you use radio um, (laughs) (laughs) dials to talk about vibrations. It's really a lot like the radio frequency you're listening to. Right. (laughs) And another thing that that brings to mind in that movie, Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, when she starts to see data visually, Mm. because like the vibration is visible to her and she starts sorting through the data with her hands. Um, And that sounds so weird unless you've seen the movie, (laughs) you can visualize (laughs) what that's like, but it actually, it, it makes sense when you think about that. When you think about, um, it, I mean, we're both on cell phones right now, so there's exactly. vibration all around us and that's how our voice can carry to one another. It's pretty amazing that this, this exists and who knows, it could be 30 years before we realize that we've microwaved our brains. But <laughs> that I did post a study that um, I saw that came out yesterday that um, kids are actually growing horns because of cell phone use. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> They've actually documented that. That's kind of weird, but we're not going to go there. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to stick with the reasons why phones are good for us because we're able to have this conversation right now. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to take a little turn here in our conversation because you're sharing so much fabulous information on how we can manage our own lives. And I love, um, the coaching practice that you have and it just aligns so much with my purpose helping people to to discover their purpose and redesign their life to really match what God has created them to do mm-hmm. and I love your story because you've done that you were open-minded and and you had a pretty instantaneous change okay. from a self-destructive lifestyle to a, a really life-giving lifestyle yes thank you how has that changed your relationship with your kids? Wow. I, you know, I think that's been the greatest gift of all is that I'm also able to implement the changes and the things I've learned, the tools and resources that I have and teach them the same things. And I've seen it work within them. And that has just been the greatest gift yeah. of all. And um, 
you know, and I realized too, when I first started this, that um, they talked about, like, I knew I was going to be sacrificing something because nothing. And when I say that, like, we know what we're giving up, but we don't know what we're going to get. And when I started this journey, I thought, man, all I identify myself as a mom, uh, you know, and I did everything for the kids. I lived through the kids. Everything was for, you know, I didn't even know who I was. And so I was afraid that it was going to take away from me and the children through my change. I had no idea what this change was going to look like. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, now that I'm on the other side of it, and as Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them moving backwards. And looking back on it now, um, I didn't sacrifice anything bad. I mean, I ended up getting so much more in that I, I was creating codependent children. I was, you know, our children don't learn from what we say. They learn from what they see, right. you know, and I was inspired. I was, you know, my kids were going to follow my footsteps. And some people may have heard, you know, that for me, I had broken the generational curse. My mother had died from, um, well, she had cirrhosis of the liver from drinking too much. And ultimately she had um, lung, uh, I'm sorry, throat cancer from smoking cigarettes. Well, mm-hmm. I was doing the same thing as she was. And I was also depressed. She was depressed and she died at 49. And my oh. awakening, yeah, she was very young. And my awakening was at 36. So I only had so many, I mean, she got sick at 46. I had 10 years left to follow her footsteps. Yeah. And my children were watching me you know, even though I, I may have thought I was hiding it well, but they could see mom smoking. They could see mom having, you know, drinks and, but I've broken that. And that has made it just, they don't even know what it is anymore. Cause I haven't done it for, and they, they're younger. Um, so that's been a real gift. So my relationship with my children has just, that's the best part of this whole thing for wow. sure. You know, that's the gift literally keeps on giving. Um, when our kids benefit from from our life change and we whatever you believe about generational curses or any activity any mindset or vibration or habit that people just learn through osmosis in a family um it becomes a curse to the next generation because it's just an inherited behavior that they can really rewrite if they're aware of it. And, you know, I, I think of all the things that I grew up with that I was so familiar with. And when I would get to a point where I would spend time with another family or have another um, a friend into the house and they would see our behavior and so, and, and ask, wow, this is different. <laughs> you know, like I eat Fritos and peanut butter. Some people think that's really weird, but it was so normal for us. <laughs> Just like some of the language that we've used and, you know, some of the words that we can use can actually seem like a curse if they're not, you know, really lifting up the other person. Right. And you're giving them a tremendous gift. I I was telling a friend this morning that um, my kids are, are so much more resilient than I ever was in some ways more resilient than I am now because I'm still recovering from a childhood full of crap. And um, I used to feel kind of uh, an indictment, some kind of a, a feeling of inferiority. And then I realized, you know what, the reason that they're so resilient, so confident and sure of who they are and what they're doing is because they grew up in a safe environment where they're loved. It wasn't because of anything I told them to do. It's just that they were in an environment where they could totally be themselves 
because they weren't in combat every day. Right. And I just want to, to shout that out to everybody who has grown up in an environment where they're in combat every day, whether it's an addiction or depression or abuse, um, we can really snap out of that once we have the combination of self-awareness and a strategy, because self-awareness alone will not get you out of that. Yes. Kind of like there's a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, um, the shame. Yeah. Well, just like that, that shame cycle. Um, we can wake up and realize, why do I feel ashamed every morning? I feel ashamed every morning. But if we don't have a, a, a strategy like you named, you know, to get out of that shame cycle, we'll stay stuck in it forever and continue to live in that low vibration. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, there's a couple of things that you just said that was just uh, that stood out. And one of it was the fight and flight. You know, when you're in an environment of always feeling chaos and stress. Um, and what I just, you know, one of the things that we learn, we, um, again, strengthening our faith, because the only way to have that is through uh, knowledge. And then the only way to have knowledge is through study. And one of the most incredible things that I learned was that our bodies are actually meant to heal ourselves. Um, and when we're in that state of mind, where we're in that fight and flight, it's, we, our body cannot regenerate or heal itself. So we end up causing um, and, and can create, you know, sicknesses within ourselves because of it. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, and energy comes from within. And that's why even, again, as I mentioned before, um, who I'm uh, studying under right now directly, Bob Proctor, he's almost 86 years old. I've never seen that much energy ever. Um, and it's because he says it comes from within, you know, and when you can really understand who you are and how the body works, you can really create it uh, to work for you rather than against you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so incredibly important. And the roadmap and the real blueprint. Uh, I mean, this information has been around for thousands of years, you yeah. know, and Bob even says this, none of this is mine. All I've done is studied it. And I've made it simple so that people can follow it. Um, even a child could understand this material. Absolutely. And so as you have proven with your kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so I well, to you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. And um, it, it makes me sad that I didn't learn some of these things sooner. But the beauty is, um, I have it now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to that. You know, I often wonder because, you know, it's hard for me to tell people how much I've changed and everything about my life and every part of it. And it's hard to describe that into words. Um, but I feel so grateful. And I often wonder, how did I get so lucky uh, to, to find this out? And what can we do, you know, to share this information with others? Because, um, you know, heaven and hell really can be created right here on earth. So if we can do that, let's create that heaven and, you know, live a more joyful life and a more fulfilling life. Cause really we're all, we're all going to die. We all know that the body will die. The spirit will move on, but we're all tiptoeing to death, hoping to safely make it. And mm -hmm. there's no reason to do that. We really can make this so much more fun. Well, the whole journey. And I think we are made to live that um, abundant life now, not yes. later. 
not to inherit after we've suffered through this earthly existence. I think it's, it's ours to have now. Absolutely. Kind of uh, a strange awareness when you realize that. Yes, man. I love it. I love it. So if somebody wanted to take advantage of your teaching, Dolly, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, and, uh, if I could also uh, say to, um, in that it's actually, it wouldn't, how do I want to say this? I'm sorry. I'm trying to reach for the right words in saying this. Basically what I do is I facilitate a program that Bob Proctor has actually created. And so what I do and the way I describe it is, and I think in pick is, and I may have I've shared this with you too, Donna, in that, yeah. um, you know, I see myself and this is how my whole journey even started is that I'm on a yellow brick road and I'm headed to Emerald city and there's going to be distractions and there's going to be um, people that want to pull you off the path and some not because they don't love you, but because change is scary. Um, yeah. It can be scary for you. It can be scary for those around you. Um, so I facilitate programs um, that work, uh, that it, it's not philosophy, it's physics. And the more um, advanced program is what we call the thinking into results program. So where we take people from where they are to where they want to go and in a quantum leap, because it's taken all the inf- all the studies already and simplified it. So I facilitate that program and I make sure that people stay on their yellow brick road because ultimately, and so I don't, I don't really quite even say that I'm a, um, I, I'm a consultant. Um, so I just make sure that they stay on that path. So I just wanted to clarify that because it's not really my coaching program. Um, it's, it's been designed by Bob Proctor and I just facilitate it. So he'll, he actually does the coaching. Um, so to reach me though, so it's, a couple of different ways. I do have a website, which is www.dollycina.com. And that's D-O-L-L-Y-C-I-N-A.com. Um, otherwise, people can find me on Facebook. And currently, I'm under Dolly Chua, which is C-I-U-L-A. Okay. On Facebook. Yes. Good deal. Good deal. Well, um, I'm excited and enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> you be... learn so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am a lifelong learner and I try to apply things right away. It's, that's going to be my, my, my new thing of the week, uh, my new word of the week. Um, it, we're going to have to have this conversation again. I think I say that almost every time on this show because um, there are some amazing people in the world. And and I think it's important for people to understand that um, the people sitting next to us at the airport or on a bus or anywhere um, are so much like us. And the people who are doing extraordinary things like you are, are, are really just like me. Um, I think when, when you and I first met, there's definitely a, we, can, we need to connect again kind of feeling. And um, it's easy for us to, to put people in categories and um, think some people are better or more talented or more um, blessed or gifted than, than we are. And I love telling your story because you have made a decision in your life that has changed your life radically and um, the lives of your kids and I just hope everyone can see that that's available to every one of us. So we'll have you on again. 
um, in the future. But thanks for giving up your time today. And last word, do you have a favorite wine? Um, do, do, you, do you mean like a, uh, like a favorite quote? No, no, not a line, but a wine with a W because this is women work in wine. And that's the, the bonus question to every interview. Oh, wine, drinking wine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Um, You know, I, I, I'm going to say that I actually like all the wines. I, I cannot, I wouldn't be able to tell you a brand, but okay, maybe the sweeter wines. And I would go, if you asked me, I would go with a Moscato. Oh, I think you mentioned Moscato before. I have a couple of friends who are big Moscato fans. There are some really good ones. Oh, lovely. So we'll have to go have a Moscato. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I can do that on a nice um, summer day. That sounds lovely. Okay, girl. Well, we'll schedule our next meeting to involve Moscato. And until then, have a fabulous Friday. Thank you so much, Sana. Sending you lots of love. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends, would you do me a favor? Would you take 30 seconds to rate this podcast? That way I can keep giving you the content you love. If you want to hear more about the wines we drink on this podcast, check out my wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. You can find Life Hacks for Busy Women on Facebook and Inspiration for Your Day on Instagram. Just look for Donna Crossan 360. Would you tell a friend about this podcast? It's on iTunes, Spotify, just about any popular podcast app. Heck, you know, you can get together with some friends and open a bottle of wine as you listen. So until next time, cheers.